Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Animal Files podcast. We've had a few weeks of pretty serious stuff. So we're going to lighten it up a little bit. We're going to call this one funky terms and phrases used in and around the cat world. (laughs) So we're going to see how this goes. We hear all these different phrases and uh, we're going to see if we can learn something today. Take it away, Miranda. Yeah, maybe you'll gain some new vocabulary and phrases that you'll want to show off to your friends. (laughs) (laughs) I think we use a lot of these things. I mean, I've heard it in songs. Yeah, we need to add spice up our language a little bit. You'll be surprised. I'm sure there's going to be things here that you are not familiar with. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bring it on. Bring it on. (laughs) Some of these are going to be forms of slang. Some of them are going to be idioms, which means phrases that are not meant literally. Some are actual words and phrases referring to the felines themselves. Mm. Fun, fun, fun. (laughs) So the first phrase we are going to talk about is, has the cat got your tongue? (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't heard it before, then... What it means is it's someone who is asked a question and they choose not to say anything. They won't respond to that question that has been addressed to them for whatever reason. I thought it would be kind of interesting to not just talk about what the phrase means, but also where the phrase may have originated from. Now, a lot of these words and phrases that we're going to talk about, most of them do not have a definitive origin. There's a lot of guessing, but nothing that we can say for certain. So this is one of those ones. This phrase may have come from when someone on an old English sailing ship was trusted with a secret from a higher officer. They would be threatened with, quote unquote, the cat, if they told anyone. And this may have referred to the use of cat nine tails which is a vicious whip that was used on early sailors and would render those victims speechless (laughs) yeah (laughs) kind of a violent origin but it makes a lot of sense yeah this one's almost worse (laughs) the other <laughs> the other possibility is that it may have also come from ancient kings who cut off the tongues of liars and fed the tongues to their cats. Oh, yuck. <laughs> uh, you know what? They they did a lot of crazy stuff back then. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably one of the reasons why people are afraid of cats. Could be. Well, the next one I actually used with my own cat <laughs> as a way to put boundaries up and this one is curiosity killed the cat now obviously i'm saying it in jest but you know (laughs) cats are curious the meaning is that being too curious can get you into trouble perhaps through asking too many questions of the wrong person or through investigations or trying to find the answers in some way we've all done that Mm-hmm. We all get too curious. Well, where does that come from? <laughs> <laughs> it's derived from the phrase, care killed the cat, where care refers to worry or sorrow and suggests that worrying excessively about something may lead you to cause harm to those around you. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's not a direct correlation to the phrase that we now currently use. But it's interesting how things evolve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially in the English language. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking a little bit, you know, that game, I think it's called Telephone, where oh, yeah. you whisper a word or a phrase or something to somebody else. And you've got like a group of people and 
10 or more people or something like that. And by the time it gets back to the original person, it's no longer the same word or phrase that was originally said. <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes it's so far removed from the original phrase. You wonder how the heck did it get there? I think sometimes that people intentionally try to change it, but <laughs> oh, could be, but maybe there's some kind of connection with maybe instead of being too curious about something and having it bring you in the wrong direction, Maybe it's also if you worry excessively about something, it might cause you to take actions based on that worry that could potentially harm somebody unintentionally. Could be. I don't know. Makes sense. <laughs> if, if, we're, if we go on the telephone concept, that, yeah, I can see that happening. This next one is usually not, well, it could sometimes be said in jest, but it can also sometimes be used as an insult. <laughs> <laughs> when we say you look like something that the cat dragged in, <laughs> this usually means that you're saying the person looks messy, untidy, ungroomed, but it could also mean that you just don't look like they're in good shape. You know, maybe they got into some sort of an accident or something like that prior and they're all sort of scuffed up and, you know, shirts torn or something like that, or maybe they got a scrape on their face or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, of course, when I hear that <laughs> phrase, all I think about is the song Look What the Cat Dragged In from Poison. I don't know if you know that song, but I'm a Gen Xer, big hair metal person, and Poison was one of those bands that I really, really, really like. I still like them today when I was you know, a teenager. And when that song Look What the Cat Dragged In came in, I was just picturing like, oh, a night of heavy partying. <laughs> <laughs> Look what the cat dragged in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of 20-year-olds and 18, 19-year-olds have experienced that. <laughs> yes, yes. I know I have. <laughs> I'm not even a drinker, but like I would stay out all night. And you just look pretty worse for wear. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Where does that come from? Well, this one it has more of a, a direct correlation because it's not known for sure but it's assumed that it comes from the appearance of prey that a cat has caught and brought into its home that makes sense yeah i can see the correlation with that yeah yeah if you have a cat you know <laughs> what that picture is <laughs> all right well this next one i like this one because i don't know it has that memories to it let the cat out of the bag Hmm. Well, when you have secrets, you don't want to let the cat out of the bag. Because if you do, you ruined the surprise or gave away a secret that you weren't supposed to tell. So shame <laughs> on you. You let the cat out of the bag. The origin of that is, there's actually a couple of theories. The first one comes from the practice of farmers bringing live piglets to market in a bag or a sack. And unscrupulous sellers would sometimes substitute a cat for a piglet in the bag. Yeah, I would say unscrupulous, bad people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when the buyer discovered the deception, they would let the cat out of the bag, exposing the fraud. Kind of a horrible way to bring pigs to market. But hey, yeah, <laughs> like I said, they did a lot of crazy things back then. But it may also have originated from a medieval practice in which dishonest traders would sell unsuspecting customers a cat in a bag, claiming it was more valuable of an item. Once the buyer had paid for the bag, the seller would leave before the customer realized he or she had been taken. However, if the buyer opened the bag before the transaction was complete, they would let the cat out of the bag and expose the scam. So kind of the same concept mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. So don't let the cat out of the bag <laughs> unless you want to save the cat. <laughs> How many of you have used the phrase catnap? I'm going to have a little catnap before I go out somewhere. I've done that. <laughs> this means that we want to take a short nap to sleep or doze for a short period of time. It's when we don't have the time to go and have like a deep sleep. So it might be maybe 20 minutes, maybe an hour. 
this may have come from the behavior of cats. Cats have a tendency to sleep in short bursts through the day. And if you have a cat, you've probably noticed that and probably sometimes thought, oh, I wish I could be a cat and just take a nap whenever I feel like it. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. Well, I know when Maisie and her brother were kittens, I did try to sleep when they slept <laughs> because yeah. they would keep me up all day. <laughs> Lots of cat naps when the kitten's around. Right. <laughs> Another theory suggests that the term may have originated from the word catch, which was used in the sense of snatch or grab and may have referred to a quick and snatched sleep. I could see that kind of combining those words. Hmm. Cool. All right. Well, the next one we've all heard, it's a cat burglar. We all know what a cat burglar is. It's a person who uses stealth and agility in climbing into homes and buildings through windows and other openings, typically without being detected. And I think we know some feline people. <laughs> who do the same thing <laughs> because they get to move quickly and quietly half mm -hmm. the time i don't even know when my cat's walking by me <laughs> they're so sneaky so it's related to the cat that likes to steal and or hide things how many of you have had cats who hoard and hide things like hair ties or you know the little plastic things from milk jugs I've seen so many stories where they pick up the couch and there's all the toys. Mm. They like brought all the toys. <laughs> Some will even do it with pieces of food too. <laughs> yep. And it also may refer to the idea of cats having nine lives. They steal time. <laughs> I wish I had nine lives. <laughs> Yeah, well, and sometimes the things that cats will do, it's almost like, oh, I'm invincible. I don't have to worry about what it is I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. jump from like here to way, 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 way over here. <laughs> oh my gosh, Maisie was having a Zoomy day and I had never seen her do this before, but she came from the living room and catapulted off the couch she must have been like six feet in the air before she landed on the ground. It was like this. was like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's that's talent. <laughs> she had gotten air. Yeah, funny. it was so funny. This next phrase, I think, can be used a lot with children. Stop being a copycat. Mm. <laughs> Kids have a tendency to like tease or bother or bug their peers by consistently copying something they do. Sometimes they'll do it like for an entire day, no matter how <laughs> annoyed the other person gets. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> as long as you do it in good fun. Yeah, unfortunately, this happens I don't know if it's a lot, but it does happen in our adult world too, where people will copy somebody's song or somebody's writing or something like that and try to pass it off as their own. Yep. So it's a person who copies or imitates the actions or behaviors of another person. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it may have originated from the behavior of cats who... I don't know if they're known for it because I haven't really experienced it myself. Maybe you can speak to this, <laughs> Victoria, but who are known for imitating the actions of other cats. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. I can't even tell you how many things Frankie did that Maisie all of a sudden decided to start doing. She copied his puzzle creating where he would make games for himself. Mm -hmm. She would follow how he would eat and then she would do something and he would do it back. It was like, oh, that looks interesting. Let me try it. So <laughs> they went back and forth, back and forth. And the biggest thing was Macy kept watching Frankie open doors because he was very good at that. Basically, she just started to copy him after a while. And that's when she started being able to open doors. <laughs> I think kids do it too. Kids copy their parents, you know, not even in to annoy or in good fun but i think just naturally as 
we're moving through our lives, learning new things. That's kind of how we learn. We copy people. Yeah, learning about the world. Of course, copycat, I think, is more of a little annoying thing, but Mm -hmm. it all works. It all (laughs) works. Well, this next one, I like a lot. Cool cat. I think that was a seven. That was big in the 70s. (laughs) Basically, it means that somebody looks fashionable or who doesn't react very easily in situations so they're kind of calm and chill but yet they look styling doing it (laughs) there you go that's the epitome of a cool cat and they can take things in stride they're confident they're composed especially in social settings and the origin of that may have been inspired by the smooth and relaxed movements of cats. If you've watched cats, they just kind of chill most of the time because they're known for the grace, poise, and their confident demeanor. Now, I don't know if I've heard this phrase in everyday language, but I am familiar with one of the places where it may have derived from. And that's if somebody is grinning like a Cheshire cat. I've heard that. (laughs) I shorten and say Cheshire cat grin. Oh, yeah. That's what I've heard more. I'm sure a lot of these phrases have like different variations on them. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) What it means is to smile broadly in a self-satisfied way. You might grin with a mischievous or mysterious expression. (laughs) Yes, I know something you don't know. (laughs) So any of you who are familiar with the Alice in Wonderland story knows that there was a Cheshire cat as one of the characters. And one of the notable aspects of this cat was that he would become invisible. And usually the grin was either the first thing to show when he fully exposed himself, or if he disappeared, it was usually the last thing that would disappear. Yeah, that's the one I know of. Mm -hmm. But there is also a possibility that it may have come from the tradition of cheesemaking in the county of Cheshire in England in the early 19th century, where it was known for its high quality cheese and was often shaped like a grinning cat. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe they both combine. Maybe they're one and the same. <laughs> yeah. The writer who wrote Alice Through Looking Glass or Alice in Wonderland probably got that from the cheese. Yeah, it's possible. Interesting. <laughs> now this next one, I don't think I've ever heard of. This is an interesting one. Keep no more cats than will catch mice. Interesting. And I can kind of get what they're saying here. It means to be efficient and avoid keeping more resources than is needed so to not be wasteful or inefficient. I like that. Mm. I like that. It's like you got too many plates in the air. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't be efficient when you got 20 plates spinning in the air. And the origin of this from what we found is it's believed to have developed in the Middle Ages when people kept cats for the purpose of catching mice. So it was considered wasteful and inefficient to keep more cats than is necessary. Makes a lot of sense. It does. I mean, it's definitely, even if you don't keep the phrase in mind particularly, just keeping that message in mind is valuable because, you know, you can ask yourself if you're struggling and feeling overwhelmed. Ask yourself if you're doing too much or if you have what it says, if you're not being very efficient with what you're doing, you're focused more on the doing than how well you're doing it. Yeah, it's kind of on the same vein. I use, I use another animal for something similar to that. I say uh, it's easier to catch one chicken than try to catch 25. Oh, yeah. That's the one that I've, I've used in the past. I got that from a group that I belong to on Facebook, but it makes a lot of sense. Kind of like focusing on one thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of trying to do 25 things, but I kind of like this one. Keep no no more cats than we'll catch mice. (laughs) I like that. I like it. I'll see if you uh, start using that in your your everyday language. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to fit it in somehow because it's more of an old way of speaking. I think some of those old fancy words and these old fancy phrases, they need to come back. Yeah. So I'll try. Keep no more cats than we'll catch mice. <laughs> now, this phrase is, is reasonably common, but I think it might depend on 
sort of what kind of situations you've been in, whether or not you would have heard this phrase or not. It's something that a person might say that organizing this event, activity, whatever it might be, is like herding cats. Yeah, kind of similar. It goes with the keep no more cats than cats mites. Spinning <laughs> plates. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you have to spin 25 plates, yeah, it can be like herding cats. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's one, one meaning of it. It's someone who is trying to manage multiple tasks at one time instead of trying to just focus on one thing at a time. But this also will be used when someone is trying to manage a group of people who are not being cooperative or who they perceive as not being Mm -hmm. cooperative. I want to add perceive because sometimes a person like maybe a manager or something like that wants to have way too much control. Oh yeah. And they want to have this group of people do things exactly 100% as they want it. And when it doesn't happen that way, they might perceive them as, oh, this group of people is like herding cats. They, they don't listen or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And if you've ever tried to herd cats, you know what that looks like. Yeah, they tend to have a mind of their own, which is why this might have been inspired by the behavior of cats, because they have a tendency to be very independent, and they are believed to be difficult to control. Now, that is something where a lot of people will say, oh, well, cats can't be trained because they don't listen and they won't do what you want to do. Yes, they are independent and they do have a mind of their own, but if they have the right incentive... They can be trained. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Cats are often viewed as stubborn and wanting to go their own way, even when it is not in their best interest. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. This next one I've heard a few times in my life, and it's one of those ones that it makes a lot of sense when you hear it. Looks like the cat who got the cream. Think about that. It almost connects back to the Cheshire cat grin. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because it means you're very pleased with yourself and what you've accomplished. (laughs) So you may be walking around with that Cheshire cat grin. (laughs) Look what I did. (laughs) (laughs) I got the cream. (laughs) (laughs) The origin of this one very well could have been inspired by the behavior of cats who are known to be fond of cream and other dairy products. But we all know if you listen to the animal files, that's not good for them. Doesn't mean they don't like it though, (laughs) but it's not good for them. It also could have originated from the tradition of serving cream with dessert when the cream was considered a luxury item and it was often served only to guests who were considered to be important or special. And when these guests were served cream, they would often have a pleased or contented expression on their face, similar to that of a cat who had just obtained some cream. And we all know <laughs> that you put a little doll of a cream on a piece of pie and it just takes it to another level. So I can totally see that. <laughs> This next phrase is very similar to the one we just talked about. It's look like the cat who swallowed a canary. The difference though is the first one was more focused on being pleased on some kind of accomplishment that they had. Whereas this one is more about being mischievous or deceitful. Accomplishment when they shouldn't have accomplished that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. This one may have been inspired by the behavior of cats as well, who are known to occasionally catch mice and birds, which could lead to having a satisfied and contented expression on its face, similar to that of someone who has just done something wrong or mischievous and is pleased with themselves. <laughs> I just pulled the wool over your eyes. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> so... <laughs> There is also the possibility that it could have come from the practice of canary breeding when canaries were a popular pet in the early 20th century, and they were often bred for their singing ability. These breeders would often have a pleased and contented expression on their face, similar to that of someone who has just done something wrong or mischievous, and become pleased with themselves once they have bred a particularly good singer. Makes sense. Makes sense. Not quite sure why they would have a mischievous grin or 
looking like they did something wrong in that respect. But I don't know when canaries <laughs> were popular, maybe there was competition among breeders. Mm, yeah, probably. If you had a good stock of canary, you can be like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, this next one, I can fit into this one. The morals of an alligator. <laughs> Because I like being a little bit of a brat. <laughs> and it also have the same phrase, morals of an alley cat. Maybe you've heard it called hotter than a six peckered alley cat. Now that one I haven't heard. No. <laughs> but it's kind of uh, intriguing. <laughs> so obviously what this means is the person who does whatever they want with disregard to anyone else or has loose morals according to society. Now, I may not have loose morals, but I do whatever the heck I want. And I say what I want. So <laughs> I can have morals of an alligator. <laughs> Obviously, I like to be a little bit cheeky. Anyway, the origin of this may have been inspired by the behavior of alligators, of course, which is often seen as streetwise and independent animals. They have a rough and unpredictable behavior and are often associated with the seedy side of urban life. <laughs> but it can also be inspired by the behavior of male cats, which some people may view as promiscuous because they often mate with multiple female cats. You know, the tom cat, the stray tom. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's interesting because this is an example of where we try to humanize animals. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, in our human society, we believe that one human should be with one human in a sexual, romantic sort of way. And if you do more than that, then that's not acceptable by society. Animals don't work in the same way. A lot of them will have a different partner every single year. There are some that are monogamous, but a lot of them will have a different partner every year. And in the case of cats, they do have the ability to have more than one mate, but will contribute to only one litter. Yeah, you can have three dads in a litter of kittens. Interesting little tidbit. I know mm -hmm. we've talked about that in the past. Yep, morals of an alley cat. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're wondering why, if you when you look at a litter of cats, they can look so different, that's probably why. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maisie and Frankie had different dads. They looked entirely different, but they came out of the same mom. Mm -hmm. So you may have heard the phrase pussyfooting around. I think I may have heard that phrase, but I've heard more, which is a similar phrase, beating around the bush, mm -hmm. which is a little more common for me. It's not exactly the same meaning. There is similarities between them, though. And when somebody is pussyfooting around, they are generally avoiding a decision or saying what they really mean. So, you know, if you've ever had a conversation with somebody and you're trying to get some information or something like that, and they just seem to be going around in circles and you just finally want to say, okay, would well, you just get to the point already? <laughs> yeah, quit your pussyfooting around. <laughs> It could also mean somebody who is cautious, indecisive, overly careful, or hesitant, and has a tendency to tread or move warily or stealthily, or to refrain from committing oneself. So this could kind of be somebody who is maybe an extreme worrier of maybe what the outcome is going to be, and they don't want to make a decision until they've got all the facts in front of them, all the information in front of them, all the tools, whatever the case may be. It may have been inspired by the behavior of cats because of their typical graceful and cautious movements. Usually they will walk very slowly and carefully taking small and deliberate steps, except for when they want to be acrobatic, like Maisie was when you were describing <laughs> that <know>. earlier. <laughs> yeah, there's no pussyfooting around when the cats are having the zoomies. <laughs> <laughs> they usually will do this when they are feeling unsure of their surroundings. And obviously when Maisie's in her home, <laughs> yep. she's very sure of her surroundings. Oh, yeah. We, we were just on vacation and uh, she was pussyfooting around the, the apartment that we were, a condo we were staying in. She's like very slowly, very slowly walking around the island, rocking around the couch, walking around the TV or, or the, the table, 
kind of making sure everything's okay, looking out the window. Everything was very slow and very deliberate. Mm-hmm. She was pussyfooting around. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they also might do this if they are approaching something that they perceive as a potential threat. Yep. Like maybe those bags or something that you bring into your home. <laughs> yeah. Or boxes or anything like that. Anything you carry into a house. A cat be like, what's that? What's that? (laughs) They have to walk around it slowly and see if it moves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's also thought to have possibly been inspired by the practice of wearing some soft-soled shoes that were known as pussyfoot shoes. They were designed Mm -hmm. to muffle the sound of footsteps. And wearing these shoes would allow somebody to walk quietly and carefully, similar to the way a cat moves. All right. The next one. I love this one. I love this one. (laughs) The cat's pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) I know I have said this myself. (laughs) You're the cat's pajamas. (laughs) And that means someone who is the best or really, really good at what they do. You know, have a little pride in yourself. And you can call yourself the cat's pajamas if you do really good at something. (laughs) (laughs) And the origin comes from E.B. Katz, who is an English tailor of the late 1700s and early 1800s, who made the finest silk pajamas for royalty and other wealthy patrons. I like that. Cat's pajamas. We just (laughs) changed it to the C-A-T-S instead of (laughs) K-A-T-Z. One of the mainly phrases and slang words invented by the 1920s flappers along with cool cat. The cat's pajamas is also one of the many phrases and slang words invented by 1920s flappers along with cool cat, the cat's meow, the bee's knees, and the clam's garters. Now that's something I have never heard. I haven't heard that one either. There's a couple, there's a few other ones that they've used, but I wasn't going to list them all. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. I like the bee's knees and the cat's meow. (laughs) Well, this term became so fashionable that it came to be used for many things in the 1920s. It was a dance. It was a stage show, a song, a film, even the name of a style of furry underwear. (laughs) I'll let you think about that one. (laughs) And the word cat was used in flapper slang to mean fashionable young woman, which was later taken up by jazz circles and evolved into the name referring to either gender male or female, who exhibited style as cool cat and hepcat. Now that's a war term I haven't heard in a long time. Hepcat, that was big (laughs) in the 20s. It's also related to another phrase you may be familiar with, and that is all that and a bag of chips. I like the cat's pajamas. That's a cool one. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I've said all of those. I've said cool cat. I've said the cat's pajamas. I've said the cat's meow. And I've said the bee's knees. And all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> I love these terms. It's so much fun. We need to bring them all back. <laughs> now, I know I've used this one in the past. It's raining cats and dogs. Oh, yeah. I think we've all used that one. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine if that was actually happening, though? <laughs> oh, God, that would be awful. <laughs> We're going to get to the origin, but there is a reason <laughs> I learned this when I was in Scotland about 10 years ago. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) If you're not familiar with this phrase, it means that it's raining very heavily, a downpour. So basically, if you go out into that rain, you're going to get completely drenched. (laughs) Now, there... I guess there has been some comments in regards to this, but it doesn't derive from any cats or dogs actually coming down in a storm. But there have been small creatures of the size of frogs or fish who do occasionally get carried skywards in freak weather. However, there is no record of this occurring in large quantities. One of the theories that it may have derived from is the mythology where dogs and wolves were attendants to Odin, the god of storms, and sailors associated them with rain. Witches, who were thought to take the form of their familiars, aka cats, were believed to have ridden the wind. It also is possible that it may have come from a tale of cats and dogs who were washed from the roofs during heavy weather back in the day when thatched roofs were commonly used. And the tale says that these pets would go up onto these thatched roofs, which is made from straw, 
and seek warmth there. When it rained, supposedly it became slippery and they would fall off the roof. That's what I heard when I was in Scotland. <laughs> that's that's the one I heard. How they would get up there in the first place, I'm not sure, but... <laughs> I don't know how dogs would get up there, but hey, you know, animals, they're pretty inventive. (laughs) If they want something bad enough, they'll they'll find a way to do it. (laughs) This next one comes from Australia, we believe, and it's see which way the cat jumps. Kind of a cool little term. And what that means is it's to wait and see how something develops or progresses before committing to a course of action or reacting. I like that one. Maybe I need to bring that one in too. Let's see which way the cat jumps. (laughs) I'm going to have to really work (laughs) these things in. Well, the origin of this one may be connected with the old game of tip cat, which is from the 16th century, in which players waited to see which way a short piece of wood called the cat moved before hitting it or tipping it. It may also refer to a cruel ancient sport played by men where they tied up a cat in a tree to be used as a target. Now, I'm just going to send all these bad vibes to those people because that's just rude. That's rude. Mm. You don't tie up a cat. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I think I like the first one, the game of tip cat. (laughs) That makes me feel better. (laughs) Now, this phrase is, I think, kind of related to herding cats that we talked about earlier. And that's while the cat's away, the mice will play. So unlike the other one, which is kind of more about trying to get a group to do what you want them to do, this one is about a group still kind of uncooperating in a sense or believing that the group is going to uncooperate when the leader or the manager or whoever, the person who's in charge is away. So it could be a parent, it could be a boss. Basically, it suggests that people who are left unsupervised will do or act as they please and will act irresponsibly or take advantage of the situation if there is nobody to monitor them. Maybe like some children who will choose to have a party at their home when their parents are away for a few days or a day or something. Yeah, or (laughs) when you're in school, you go to study hall and the teacher walks out for a little bit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So there is a sense of distrust there is a lack of loyalty, there is a lack of desire, particularly in sort of work sort of situations. Because sometimes this phrase can be used by people who will have this belief, even though they have not had any proof that this is going to be what will happen. And well, because we also like to talk about spirituality a little bit, that belief could end up sending the energy to these people and actually initiates behaviors of doing things that are not the best things to do. We're humans. (laughs) It's just part of human nature. So this one is derived from a Latin phrase, and I don't speak Latin, so I'm probably going to completely flub this up. Dum filis dormit, mus godet et exi, le tantra. (laughs) (laughs) Which literally translates to when the cat sleeps, The mouse leaves its hole and rejoices. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Our old cat, before she passed away, she was not a mouser. She didn't care about them. And so the mouse would play because she would be like, yeah, whatever. So (laughs) she's sleeping and I see a mouse run across the floor. I'm like, yeah, thanks for doing your job. (laughs) 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 Well, this next phrase is so common. And, you know, we all know what it is. If you're a theater brat, you know what it is. If you like fashion, you know what it is. And that is catwalk. And what is a catwalk? Of course, it's a walkway or a platform for runways, fashion shows. Or if you're in a theater, it's above the stage. That's your catwalk. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the origin of that, obviously, is based on the cat's ability to balance in very narrow spaces. Personally, I don't want to walk on a catwalk, especially in a theater. Now, a runway, that's a different story. (laughs) Because they're a little bit wider. (laughs) Yeah, we've all heard that one. (laughs) So that was a lot of phrases. That was was fun. 
when we come back, we're going to talk more about just basic words. And it's going to be a fun one. So stick around and we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. We hope you've been enjoying season three. It's been a great couple of years so far. Moraine and I just want to take a moment and thank you all for joining us on this journey and listening each and every week. We've got lots planned for you this season. Great interviews, great topics, and we're even building you a home on YouTube. If you want to help us out and be the first in line, just head to YouTube, look for the Animal Files podcast and hit that subscribe button. Or you can just head to the website www.theanimalfilespodcast.com. Now that that's out of the way, let's get back to the conversation. And we are back. We just had a lot of fun talking about the different types of phrases that we've heard throughout our lives that have the word cat in it. Cat's meow, cool cat. So this half, we are going to talk about words, very specific words. And we're just going to go right through them. So what's the first one, Miranda? Well, this first section is going to be plays on words. And I think these are relatively new, probably have come up in like the last 10 to 15 years, maybe with the advent of social media, I think. At least that's what I'm guessing anyways. The first word is catastrophe. It's a play on the word, obviously, catastrophe, mm-hmm. but it's got that hyphenated aspect, cat hyphen catastrophe, and it's typically used to describe a mess that is caused by a cat. <laughs> There's lots of cat catastrophes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are a cat owner, you know what I'm talking about. It could be anything. <laughs> Toilet paper rolls, <laughs> paper towel rolls, <laughs> ripped to shreds. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's lots of catastrophes. The next one is kitten caboodle. (laughs) (laughs) This is a play on the phrase of kit and caboodle, which is a reference to everything. So if you've got a kit and caboodle, you've got basically everything. And kitten caboodle is referring to a group of kittens in a humorous or a playful way. (laughs) Now, those of you who are cat people probably are very familiar with this one. Catitude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is based on the word attitude, and it's a term used to describe a cat's unique attitude, personality, or behavior, and is often referring to their independent and sometimes aloof nature, since not all cats are aloof. It also is in reference to the confidence and sass that cats are known for, characterized by their independence and their calmness, sometimes bordering on being arrogant or rude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> catitude. I don't think I've ever had a cat that didn't have catitude. <laughs> I think for a lot of cat people, it's just an expectation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you just expect it. Yeah. (laughs) How dare you touch me? I am not ready for you to pet me. (laughs) The next word is cat aesthetics, which is a play on the word calisthenics. Calisthenics are exercises that people will do that is focused on different movements and stretches. I don't know if it does much for strength. I never really particularly done calisthenics myself, or if I have, it's been unintentionally. (laughs) 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 But at any rate, it is a playful term that is used to describe a cat's stretching and exercise routine. (laughs) And they're always doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Especially after sleeping, I've I've noticed it a lot. (laughs) Oh yeah. Maisie does it before she goes to bed, when she wakes up. Just for the sake of doing it. (laughs) (laughs) If we all followed the cat aesthetics that our cats do, I think we'd all be pretty in good shape. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm currently learning about something called pandiculation, which is kind of related to the movements that cats and dogs and other animals just do naturally. Oh, neat. That's cool. Well, our next four, I think I've used all of these, (laughs) except for this first one, catplexed. This is a play on the word perplexed. It kind of makes sense. It's used to describe the cat's confused or bewildered expression. 
And I just had a picture in my mind when cats smell something. You know how they use their Jacobson's organ and they're mm-hmm. like to have their mouth open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they kind of have that look, that cat plex look. What is the smell I'm smelling? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's kind of like, or at least we perceive it as, oh, I don't like this smell or something smells bad. <laughs> I know <laughs> they're just analyzing it, but they do have this look on their face like, oh, uh, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they get cat plexed a lot. And this next one is so cute. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. Burrito. <laughs> It's a burrito. <laughs> and that's a cat wrapped tightly in a blanket or a towel resembling a burrito. We probably all do this when we're trying to calm down the cat to go to the vet or when you're trying to do the claws or something like that. I love it. Burrito. <laughs> and we all know this next one. Every Saturday is what? It is Catterday. And that's a play on the word Saturday. So all across social media, you'll see hashtag Catterday and everybody shares their cats. It's my favorite day of the week. Let me just tell you, everybody's showing their beautiful cats. And it also refers to spending your Saturday like a cat. Because Catterday is a time for fun and relaxation. Again, if we followed what our cats did, we'd probably be pretty chill. We would be cool cats. That's what we would be. (laughs) (laughs) And this next one. If you have a cat, you've said it. I know you've said it. You've seen it on social media. And that is cat loaf. It's a play on the word meatloaf. And it refers to the cats who tuck all their paws underneath their body when lying down and resembling a loaf of bread or meatloaf or whatever. They're so cute. When Maisie does that, I'm like, yeah, she's just loafing around. (laughs) (laughs) I love these terms. So this next section is going to be terms that are actually directly related to cats. And some of them you might be familiar with. Some of them maybe you've never heard of before. Social media obviously exposes us to a lot of different things. So (laughs) yes, it does. So our basic terms that we use, and they're not all commonplace, but most people know what they are. And that's kitten, alley cat, tom cat, queen, and feline. So you already heard what an alley cat was based on the phrase that we talked about earlier. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Basically a stray cat that is living in alleys and streets and that and just trying to survive that way. A tom cat is a male cat and a queen is a female cat. And usually, I'm not sure if a cat would be referred to as a queen before they've had their first litter or not. Hmm. I think it does both tomcat and queen are intact cats. Mm -hmm. I think a queen, you would have to have a litter. I would think. I would think so, but that's something I'd have to look into a little bit more. Yeah. But a tomcat obviously is an intact cat. Right. Who's out sweeping the ladies off their feet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And feline is just another term that is used for cat that is more on the scientific side. This next section is about a variety of different coat patterns, colorings, and that that we could find in cats. So you've got the tabby, which has this essentially the striped tiger-like pattern. You've got the tuxedo, which is the black and white cats, and they look like they're wearing a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. You've got the tortoise shell, which is different from the calico. The tortoise shell is an orange and black cat that has some white, whereas a calico cat is a white cat that has some orange and black on it. Yeah, I've had a calico and they have more patchy colors too. Like tortoise mm-hmm. shells tend to be a little bit more mixed, mixed up. Yeah, the black right. and the white and the orange mixed up and the calicos are more like patchwork cats. Yeah, I think the white is more... Patches, the orange and black will be on the tortoiseshell. The orange and black will be kind of mixed together. And then there'll be more like patches of white. Mm-hmm. And a calico is basically a white cat with black orange patches. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I think the mixture can vary quite a bit so that it can almost look like there might be other colors in there as well. Mm-hmm. And a fun fact, most of the tortoiseshells and calicos are female. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, about 90% of them, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if this, this is accurate or not, but I think I've heard that the male versions of these cats are usually not able to procreate. I've heard that too. But I have heard the opposite of just orange cats. Mm-hmm. They used to, when I was growing up, I never saw a female orange cat. Right Now you're seeing a little bit more and they're actually having kittens. So I don't know if that's going to change with the calicos and the tortoiseshells. I don't know. I think it's changing with the orange cats because most mm-hmm. orange cats are male. But it's now gone down from like 90% male to like 75% male. Mm. Just a little tidbit of information. <laughs> and I'm sure most of you or all of you who have any kind of connection with cats at all, you've heard of the domestic short hair, the domestic medium hair, and the domestic long hair cats. Mm-hmm. With this, it's more the, t- the length of their coat. It really has nothing to do with the coloring of their coat or patterns or anything like that. So you could have like a tabby domestic short hair. You could have, I don't know if tortoiseshells or calicos, I guess they could come into medium long hairs as well. Yeah, I've had a long hair or medium hair tortoiseshell and I have seen long haired calicos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But have you ever heard of a moggy? <laughs> I like that name. <laughs> <laughs> a moggy is actually the same thing as a domestic short, medium and long haired cat, but it's the British term for it. They're a little slang term for it. Yeah. Of course, I don't know when they say moggy, how they tell the difference between the short, medium and long hairs, but. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably the way we just say mutts for dogs might be the same thing. Here's a few breeds that you may have heard of and maybe you haven't. I mean, of course, there's tons of breeds out there. There's tons of coats out. We weren't going to go through every single one (laughs) that exists. Oh, we'd be here forever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But there are the cats that are called the Bengal cats. They have a more wild looking coat, which resembles more of the coats that are seen in the wild cats. More like the leopard uh-huh. spots, or I don't know if that's really the only one, or if there's like other sort of versions. I haven't looked in depth to see the different kinds of coats that they could have. You have the ragdoll cat, which is usually long haired, and they have a similar Siamese coloring with white. Mm. And I believe that they are known for being very relaxed, mm-hmm. hence the name ragdoll. They're very accepting of things they're floppy (laughs) (laughs) then you have the main coon which is a fairly large cat and it's also tends to be long-haired i think they usually have sort of dark ears i believe they have tufts on their ears tufts on their ears yeah they're beautiful cats (laughs) now i'm quite familiar with the sphinx which is a cat that tends to be wrinkled with peach fuzz on their body. And I think they're popular with people who have allergy issues because they believe that a hairless cat is going to cause less issues. Unfortunately, that's not actually true (laughs) because it's not the fur that creates the allergic reaction. It's the dander. And the dander comes from the dried saliva after they groom. Mm -hmm. I can see that if you maintained, because Sphinx cats are a lot of work. They need to be moisturized. They need to have sweaters. They get cold easy. I think if you were to do stuff like that, the dander would be kept at a minimum because they do Mm -hmm. have to have some type of moisturizer or like an oil, like the big Sphinx enthusiasts, they really take care of the cat's skin. So I Mm -hmm. think- in doing so, probably the dander might be kept lower because they're constantly being groomed. But the cat itself, if you do nothing to the cat, it's going to be just as allergenic. Mm-hmm. Another breed is the Manx, which is a cat that has either no tail or it's got a very stubby tail. They're awesome. I had one. <laughs> oh, yeah. She had a stubby tail because she wasn't full Manx. Yeah, she was, she was awesome. Manx cats are awesome cats. Awesome <laughs> cats. 
So have you ever had a polydactyl cat or seen one? <laughs> <laughs> They're so cool looking. I wish I, I've never had one, but I wish I would. One of these days I may. <laughs> these are cats that will have extra toes on one or more of their paws. So their feet look extra big. <laughs> mm -hmm. Also, have you ever seen a clouder? <laughs> <laughs> There's some people go, I know what that is. I'm like, what the heck is a clouder? <laughs> if you ever come across a clouder of cats, it means that you have come across a group of cats. So if you got a colony, you got a clouder. If you have multiple cats in your house, maybe five, six, seven cats, you have a clouder in your home. <laughs> Isn't there a term for like kittens also? I think we talked about that once. A clouder is just a group of cats, but I think kittens are something else. I don't know. You know, we might do another episode like this in the future and bring in some more fun terms and phrases for you to, to learn about. In the meantime, we can now use kitten caboodle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's a couple other cool terms that I know I've used. And I'm sure you guys out there have used it. The blep. Or <laughs> like they have their tongue <laughs> sticking out for no reason. I've, I've taken so many pictures of my cats having little blips. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you see so many pictures like that on social media. <laughs> it's so awesome. Their tongues are so long that half the time they don't even know the tongue is hanging out of their mouth. But <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. So obviously that's when the cat's tongue hangs out of their mouth unintentionally. And it's often used in reference to cats who look so silly and so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Maisie's done it when she's sleeping. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I've taken pictures of her sleeping with her little tiny tongue, tongue sticking out. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. We've all experienced it. If you have a cat, have you ever heard of a cat bomb? What is a cat bomb, you ask? Well, that's when a cat just comes out of nowhere and jumps on top of you. <laughs> that's a cat bomb. <laughs> Luckily, I don't get those anymore because Macy's a little bit more dainty. So I like that. Yeah, it's a little more challenging when you've got one of those bigger cats who just kind of suddenly jump on you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I've had one of these, kind of, sort of. It was my house, but... I had a cattery once. I had 12 cats at one time. So that's a place where cats are housed, maintained, cared for, looked after, and in some cases, bred. And yes, mine were bred, but they were accidental from a cat that I tried to rescue before she can get fixed. It is what it is. <laughs> but unlike some other catteries, mine was reputable. Some are not repeatable. Kennels, cat mills, kitten mills, boarding facilities. They're all called catteries as well. I've never heard this one, but I think I'm going to use this one. <laughs> and that's a sploot. A sploot. I've never heard of that. And that's when the cat stretches out with her hind legs stretch right behind them. We've all seen it. I think dogs do it too. Corgis. Corgis oh, yeah. sploot all the time. <laughs> Those legs straight out back. They're just like hanging out. <laughs> And if you've listened to us long enough, you've heard this term before, and that's catify. If you have a cat, you best be catifying. <laughs> and that means you're decorating your space or an object to cater to your cat's needs or preferences. And one way you can catify your home is by installing a catio. We've talked about this many times. It's an enclosed outdoor space created just for your cats to play and explore safely by keeping them away from all the busy streets and other dangers like feral cats, raccoons, coyotes. They can stay safe in a catio. And the last three are floof or floofy. And that, I think, describes every cat, but it's most likely for the longer hairs or the fluffy or fuzzy cat. They're floofy. <laughs> They're floofy. The next one, zoomies. How many times have I said the word zoomies? <laughs> we all know all animals have the zoomies. It's not just particular to cats. 
but that's obviously a burst of energy. And they run around like crazy speeds and they jump and spin and sometimes get air at six feet and then land and then continue on. It's just crazy. <laughs> and the last one we all love. We all love it when the cats are making biscuits or making muffins. Because you know your cat's happy when they're doing that. And that's when they need their paws against a soft surface, blanket, your stomach, a bed. And it's often a sign of contentment and comfort. So if your cat is making biscuits or making muffins, you know you're doing a good job. (laughs) Our last section in this episode They don't really have a category of their own. They're just some other words and phrases that you might find interesting. Most of these were new to me, and maybe you've heard them before, maybe you haven't. The first one is empty bowl syndrome. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to be familiar with the event, just maybe not the phrase itself. (laughs) Yeah. This is when your cat's bowl has food in it, but it's only around the perimeter of the bowl. Your cat will look at you and declare that, hey, this bowl doesn't have any food in it. It's empty. (laughs) I see a spot on the bottom of my bowl. How dare you fill it, master? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever gone through kitty customs? (laughs) I've never heard that before. I like it. This is when a cat will inspect anything new that you bring into the house. And this item must pass Kitty Customs and get approval first. (laughs) Yeah, I've never heard it called Kitty Customs, but that's what they do. That is what they do. Well, this next one I've never heard either. This is Meow Mail. Interesting. That's when cats send messages to their humans using meows and other vocalizations. They use a unique language of meows, chirps, and other vocalizations to get what they want or simply engage in some cat chat. (laughs) I like that cat chat. Yeah, that's Maisie. I never (laughs) called it meow mail though, but she has to announce herself every time she comes into a room. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I think that's my fault because I say, hi, every time she comes into a room so now I guess she just (laughs) she just has to say yeah hey I'm here yeah so I get meow mail all the time she's in the other room but I'm constantly on the lookout because the second she wakes up and she doesn't know where I am she's gonna start meowing all over the house to find where I am and I'll have to say I'm in here I'm in here yeah I guess that's meow mail Yeah, when we were on vacation, she because she came with us on vacation. Those of you who listen to us on the regular know that Maisie is now a travel cat. So she, she had her first flight. She was brilliant. She was such a good little kitty. And when we got to the condo where we were staying at, she was literally cat chatting the whole time. I have never heard her chat so much. It was awesome. <laughs> she was chatting to everybody. It was wonderful. so i like that cat chat all right this next one it's not as fun because we try to help you avoid this and that is whisker fatigue we've talked about this a few times here and there because it's a it's a real deal if you've never heard of it what whisker fatigue is is the irritation and sensitivity of the whiskers that brush up against something all too often If you remember, we talk about the food and water bowls being too narrow or too deep. That can cause whisker fatigue because their whiskers have to constantly touch the sides of the bowl. And so every time they eat, they're getting this overstimulation of the whiskers. And that's not all that good for them. So it's like having somebody going, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you, but always touching you. It gets annoying and it can get frustrating. A little bit of seriousness in this fun little section. This last one, (laughs) I love it. I love it. You see it on social media. If I fits, I sits. (laughs) (laughs) I actually just watched a video, I think yesterday or the day before, of somebody who had a cat who loves boxes and she was 
giving smaller boxes and smaller boxes and smaller boxes. And the cat kept going into the smaller box, into the smaller box, into the smaller box. <laughs> and basically it was like, if I fit, I sit. <laughs> <laughs> They will squeeze themselves in the tiniest little box. I've seen cats just put their paws in a box that was too small because it couldn't fit their body. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so funny. (laughs) My in-laws had Maine Coon cats. One of them was really big. It was like 22 pounds or 25 pounds, something like that. And it didn't matter what size the box is. Eventually, that box will be split down the side because he would just have to fit in. So if I fit, <laughs> I sit. <laughs> this is so funny. So we've given you a lot of fun terms and fun phrases and even a little bit of serious things in there. And if you're not a cat person, but happen to be talking with someone who adores cats, Well, we just gave you an abridged version to understanding the language and the communication and lots of neat little terms that are inspired by these amazing feline beings. Hopefully you can have fun with them. You can add them into your vocabulary. You don't even have to have a cat to use them. (laughs) They're just fun to say. And if you enjoyed this episode, then let us know if you'd like us to do another one somewhere down the line. We'll include some new funky phrases and terms. <laughs> yeah, heck, maybe we'll bring in other animals. <laughs> Catching chickens in an open field. <laughs> you know? Right. Like <laughs> but, you know, it's fun because we've had such serious episodes lately it's fun to just kind of mix it up and just have fun with words so if you have any terms that you've heard that we didn't touch drop us an email let us know you can email us at the animal files podcast at gmail.com or you can come to us on our socials and give us a quick follow that's really easy takes only seconds and you can get all of that at our website the animal files podcast.com You can get links to help support the show, Patreon, donations, merchandise, you name it. It's all there. Plus, we've got resources. There's lots of stuff for you, and it's going to be growing throughout this season. It'll be a good one-stop shop for you. Anything else you want to add, Miranda? If you have any particular topics that you'd like us to talk about, you can email us about that as well. Definitely. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. It's been a fun one. Hope you enjoyed it. Join us next week when we're going to have another great episode for you. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.